Well, hello, this is the podcast for Word of Life in Bentonville, Arkansas, and this is episode number 16. I cannot wait for you to hear what Pastor Bill Rogers has to say as he continues the series on knowing God. I know you will be blessed. Check this out. If you have your Bibles this morning, you want to read with me. You can look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, and then we'll quickly go to St. John chapter 17. I don't know if I can preach or not. Hmm. I believe that last Sunday I don't know if that's the day it actually happened or not I'll use this term we hear a lot but I believe there was a seismic shift in the spirit realm not just in this church but I think for the church worldwide that's what I sense. And I just want to thank God for it. I make say amen to that. Would you just lift your hand and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. We needed the shift and we got it. And we want to we want to thank you for it. We want we want to be in agreement with it. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Philippians 4.10, that I may know him, that I may know him. I've been talking about knowing God. Knowing God. And then John chapter 17, Jesus said, verse 3, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Mankind was created to have fellowship, communion, and intimacy with God Almighty. And I believe one of the main purposes for our creation was so that he could express his love. Many people look at God as as a boss. They look at God as someone they need to work for or to work into his favor. But you see, really, God didn't create you primarily to work for him. He created you primarily so he could express his love. Now, this is a, this is a phrase kind of strange to be saying about God, but he just couldn't help himself. He just can't help himself. 
He is pure love. He just can't help himself. Anytime anything shows up besides love, it ain't God. I mean, say amen. Anytime, and I've been guilty, anytime you hear a sermon that's not preached from pure love, but there's a little condemnation in it, or a little bit of works involved in it, it ain't God. It's okay to say ain't now. It ain't God. God created you just so he could express his love. He just can't help himself. We were created, Adam and Eve in the garden. The word doesn't say this exactly, but many wise men and women write that he came and visited with Adam and Eve every day. Which I can agree with that. I see no reason to disagree with it. But he came and visited with them and he communed with them. He created them to be with him and him to be with them. He put them in a place where they had no needs. And he just came to visit with them. But mankind fell. We fell. We failed and we fell. Our restoration is meant to bring us back into the Father's presence. Restoration is is an ongoing process, by the way. Salvation is just entrance into the door. But there's an ongoing process. If you don't spend time with God... If you don't spend time with God, if you don't have an intimate relationship with God and fellowship with God daily, you will start reverting back to the old man. So it's an ongoing process for me to stay with God. By the way, God is on the move, and if you don't stay with him, you'll get left behind. Amen? But he wants us... In his presence, he wants to commune with us again. He wants an intimate relationship. He, he, he brings us into a loving fellowship. And Jesus said here, to know the only true God. I was convicted this week, as some of you also admitted you were, I believe it was day six in our 21 days of prayer where I probably won't quote it exact, but we spend more time praying for the sick to keep them out of heaven than we do praying for the lost to keep them out of hell. So I said that just to let you know we're going to pray right now for the lost. And if you're watching, if you're in this room right now or you're watching online and you're lost, you're not certain of your salvation, if you're not for sure you have eternal life, if you're not sure if you would die today, you would go to heaven, you can because your father loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his only son 
to die for you, to take your place in death. Because we were born into sin, and so we were deserving of judgment and death. But God took that all from us that we might have eternal life. So I'm going to pray for you right now. If Again, if you're in this room, or you're at home, or wherever you are watching online, if you pray this, just say, Lord, I believe in you. I trust in you. I believe that you died for me. And that you rose again the third day, and as surely as you rose again, you want to give me that resurrection life. And all I need to do is accept you as my Savior, and I do that right now. I accept you as my Savior. Come into my life. Thank you for being my Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I give my life to you now. Thank you, Father. See, it's just that really that simple. Now, it is an ongoing process. You just end the door. If you just prayed that prayer, you've just entered the door. And things are great right now because there's this sigh of relief in your inner man. Why? Because you've received eternal life. And you have assurance of heaven when you die. You have all of that. No more fear of dying. But there's an ongoing process because you have an enemy called the devil and he will he come he wants to deceive you he wants you to f- live a defeated life so if you're online if you'll keep watching if you'll keep watching I'll give you some thoughts on ideas how to to walk in that restoration that God wants for you amen so back to my notes <clears throat> he wants this loving fellowship He wants us to know the only true God. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. Daily communion with God. When I was born again, when I was saved on Mother's Day, 1972, of course I grew up in church and I heard all those sermons when I was made to go to church whether I wanted to or not. Sometimes I didn't want to. Sometimes I wanted to sit on the back row with my friends and talk. But I learned quickly that mama would not tolerate that. And so I at least heard a lot. I may have not really received it, but I heard a lot. I knew a lot about God. I knew a lot about him. But I was born again on that Mother's Day. And I... I, I came into a religious I came into a religious church, great church, a lot of good things, but it was very religious. And so I I heard a lot about you know, you have to do this and you have to do that and and on and on and on. But I was really not taught I was really not taught to have fellowship with God. I was really not taught a lot about the love of God. I was taught a lot about God is the judge, but I wasn't taught a lot about he's my father and he loves me and he provides for me and he protects me, all of that. So even as a Christian, I was secure in the fact that I was born again, but I was very insecure because I thought if I mess up, I'm changing directions. Now I'm on my way to hell. Oh no, I repented. Now I'm on my way to heaven. Now I repented. I'm on my way. I backslid. I'm on my way to hell. So there's a lot of that, a lot of turmoil in my life. But I'm here to tell you today, God loves you. 
God loves you. Amen. He loves, and you know, I remember standing on the platform years ago, and it shocked me that I said it when I said it, after I said it. I didn't plan on saying it, you know, but I just, you know, how sometimes you just blurt things out. And I blurted out, he loves me when I'm good, and he loves me when I'm bad. And I stopped and said, did I really say that? Yeah. And it felt good. I'm not real sure everyone received it in the room, but I just want you to know this morning, God loves you. Period. Tell your neighbor, God loves you. Period. (laughs) Period. But daily communion with God in prayer. We're going through these 21 days of of prayer right now. And by the way, hopefully we have enough books. (laughs) Third time we've ordered, we have a few left this morning. And you should get it and you can catch up. They're very short chapters. And you can catch up and go with it through us. But daily communication with God is of vital importance to us. And we need this, this prayer, daily communication alone as Jesus did. Look with me, if you will, at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, I believe it will be on the screen. Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read a little more than it's going to be on the screen probably because I have a I had a thought later. Matthew chapter 6, this is what Jesus said. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. Psalms 91 says, He who abides in the secret place shall dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. All the protection you will ever need under the shadow of the Almighty. And I'm going to come back to six in a moment, but I want you to look. Another point I just want to make, a side note, as I call it. Verse seven, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. Your father desires meaningful conversation. Again, I grew up in a wonderful church with some wonderful people. But some things that that I learned, I watched them, I noted what they'd done was that we were a, a Pentecostal church. Now we're a Pentecostal church now, but you have to understand this is old-fashioned Pentecost. And the way you prayed was you prayed really loud. As a matter of fact, if you could just kind of scream out your prayers, that meant God was sure enough going to hear you. I've been in prayer meetings. I used to pray with a guy every morning for a while. And for 20 minutes, sometimes 25 minutes, I couldn't hear myself think. I'm in a small room with him, and he's screaming out. And it's like, I need to wait till he gets finished so I can pray. And, and, and you know, we thought... I think we worked ourselves into a frenzy a lot of times. I just have to be honest. You know, the the denominal ch- denominational churches used to accuse us of that, and I would thought, no, no. But now I look back, I think, yeah, I think they were right. I think they were right. See, prayer is not about how loud I can be and how much I can talk. 
Prayer is going to God and worshiping Him, and you can talk. But how many know prayer is also a one a two way conversation? How many know He He knows a little more than I do? So He don't need to listen to me so much. I need to listen to Him. How many say Amen? That's what God wants. In my worship time, my conversational time, my prayer time in the mornings, I say very little, really. I say very little. I do bring petitions to him. I do call out people's names. You know, like Pastor Tim's been a bad boy this week. God, would you get him? You know, (laughs) just joking. I I think that the old-fashioned Pentecostals may have done some of that. I may say some things, but I just listen. It's amazing people say to me, you know, well, God never speaks to me. And I try to be nice, but occasionally it just comes out before I think. Well, you know, if you'd shut up for a minute, maybe he would, it would give him an opportunity to say something. Help me say amen. Just... Just bask in his love. Just wait on him. Just talk to him. Just talk to him. My wife and I in our later years, I tried, I started to say older, our later years, we've learned to communicate much better. You know, she thinks out of one side of her head and I think out of the other side. And so sometimes communication, but you know, if you just, if you just love somebody, they don't have to say it perfectly. You know what they mean. Having I mean, say amen. You don't have to put in a lot of King James, thou's, and all of that with God. He knows your heart. He sees your heart. He understands what you're saying. People may misunderstand you, but God doesn't. God really knows where you're coming from. He's looking at your heart. Just communicate with him. Communicate with him. That's what prayer is about. And I'll tell you, If you'll develop that habit, you online, if you just prayed today, you become a Christian today. The best advice I can give you, yes, there is a continuation. But that continuation, the main thing you need to do is just talk to God every day. Spend time with God every day. And I recommend, I highly recommend mornings. Because that way your mind is, you know, we get started into our week. This past week, two times, something would happen and I didn't get to pray in the morning. I've done it later in the day. But it's more difficult. I have all this stuff on my mind now. So do it in the mornings. Back to verse 6, that last line. And your father let me just read the whole verse. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, Pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. He will reward you openly. So what are the rewards that we receive from God when we pray in the secret place, what are the rewards? I like benefits. This is entitled The Benefits of Knowing God. I like benefits. I like rewards. I mean, say amen. I like rewards. That sounds good to me. So I'm going to be rewarded with a mansion over here in 
you know, the hills of Bella Vista. Or I'm going to be rewarded with a, no, no, no. I'm going to, re, I'm going to be rewarded with a mansion, all right, but it'll be in heaven. I have a fine home in, on this earth. Not a thing wrong with it at all. Not at all. It's wonderful. It's lovely. We have fine, nice vehicles. We have nice clothes. We have good food, plenty of it. But I want to tell you, and that's a blessing from God, by the way. But I'm talking about something much deeper, much deeper than where you live or what you drive, your status in life, your bank account. I'm talking about something much deeper than that. What are the benefits? What are the rewards? He says here he'll reward us. If we'll go seek him in the secret place, he'll reward us. Let me just give you my thoughts on what those rewards are. First of all, the reward is a true deep conversion. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, old things pass away, all things become new. I don't want to be judgmental of anyone. I, I only have a right to judge myself. But I see people who are saved. I don't have a right to tell you you're not saved. You are or you're not. But I think, I don't really know that they really were converted. <laughs> I don't really know that they got it all. I, I, I don't. You know, it just doesn't seem like much has changed in their life. I want to tell you, when God saved me, he changed me. And by the way, the old song, Joel Hemphill song, he's still working on me. There's a work going on in me. I need change. How about you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I won't talk about babies and dirty diapers right now, but sometimes we need a change, don't we? I mean, say amen. Old things passed away. All things become new. Really and truthfully. I, I mentioned this before, but I think for at least a month, I didn't even speak after I got saved. I mean, other than what I had to at work or, you know, in life. I didn't hold any conversations. You know why? I didn't know what to say. All of the words that I used in the past and all of the things I said in the past, they weren't a part of me anymore. That guy died. You know, when a baby's born, you have to teach them to speak. They don't just born and they're just blabbing all of a sudden. You know, when you're born again, you need to learn a new language. I'm not talking about just discarding the cuss words and all that, which you should. I'm talking about a new language. I'm, I'm talking about I'm now entered into life. I've left death. I've now entered into, I'm in, I have life on the inside of me. It changed my conversation. It changed my words. It, yes, it changed some things that I'd done, some habits I had, some places I would go to. It changed, that, that, that changed. But see, I changed on the inside. I was converted. And I'll tell you again, now he's still working on me. But I like to see people get saved and get converted. I mean, say amen. 
Because if you truly understand what's happened to you and you truly understand that the old man is dead and there's new life on the inside of you, it will change you. I mean, say amen. Complete transformation. Complete transformation comes from a surrendered person. In 1 Kings chapter 20, there's a story in the first three verses. I won't turn there and read it, but I'll just give it to you. Ahab was king of Israel. Ahab was married to Jezebel. Ahab was a wimp. Jezebel ruled over him. Ben-Hadad was king of Syria. Ben-Hadad brought his armies to Samaria where King Ahab was, and they surrounded Samaria with his armies. And then they sent word to Ahab. And they said this to him. I'm going to take everything. I'm going to take your, (laughs) in my language, I'm going to take your pretty wives and I'm going to take your good children, and I'm going to take everything. So the terms of your surrender are, I I take everything. And the wimp sent back word and said, whatever you say. Of course, there was a, a man of God in Israel named Elijah. He says, no, no, you send him word and tell him we ain't going for it. Now, that's not King James, that's Bill Rogers. But my story is this. What I want you to see is what Ben-Hadad said was, I will only accept complete surrender. Let me say to you today that God will only accept total surrender. I don't give him half of me. I don't say I'm going to give you that part, but I'm not going to give you this part. Now, many times we don't say that, but we act like that. I've been guilty myself, not throwing stones at anyone else. I'm just saying, if you really want total conversion, absolute surrender is a must. I give my life to you. I give my life to you. And so I'm a pastor, so I have to throw this in, of course. If you have a problem giving 10% your tithe back to God, he says it's mine. He says it's not yours, it's mine. If you have a problem with that, you are not totally surrendered. If you have a problem giving anything that God speaks to you, God spoke to me before. He spoke to us a few times to give something. And I'd kind of have to swallow hard, you know, and say, do you know how much money's in the bank? (laughs) Maybe you know something I don't know. I mean, no, he does know more than you know. And how many know he is not trying to take anything away from you? Whatever you give to God is going to be multiplied back to you. He is not a mean God. He just wants total obedience and total surrender. And then you'll get total conversion. And you say, and that's a benefit? It definitely is because I can tell you the old man was not a good guy. The old life was a bad life. I done, I got, I, I, I surrendered. Yeah, I surrendered some stuff, you know, that we call sin and we should again. But I can tell you that old stuff was trash. 
all of that worrying, all of that fear, all of that anxiety, all of that insecurity, all of that on the inside of an unsaved person will just drive you nuts if you let it. Why do, why do people like that? Why do they do terrible things? Why do they do terrible acts of violence, murders, on and on and on? Why do they do that? It's because on the inside of them, they're driven. I mean, say amen. See, I surrendered all of that. I don't only can't murder now physically, I can't even talk bad about you. Because the Holy Ghost says, shut up. <laughs> I'll tell you again, you know, many people will, well, the Lord spoke to me, you know, and he said this and he said that, you know. He speaks to me too. And a lot of times it's, shh, 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 shh. hush, shut up. Amen? Total surrender. And if you're totally surrendered, when he says, shh, 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 shh you shut up. <laughs> Having say Amen. You get total conversion. I'll tell you again, there's a blessing, there's a benefit, there's a reward in being totally surrendered to God. I have no fear. I have no anxiety. I have no deep concerns. Yes, I'm concerned about lost friends, lost family. I'm concerned about things like that. But I can tell you, I have no deep fears on the inside of me. You know why? Because I'm totally I'm totally surrendered to him. Totally. Yeah, the old man does try to live occasionally. You just have to put him back down. You're, you know, it's like go by the graveside and push my head back down, you know. Lay down, you're dead. You're not going back there. You're not living like that anymore. You don't need that junk in your life anymore. I mean, say amen. That's been totally converted or a, the conversion process. So a true, a true deep conversion. Again, I'm not talking about physical, though. You're talking about rewards, you know, all of the things that you can be rewarded with on earth. I'm not talking about that. And by the way, you will be rewarded in heaven for the things you do for God on this earth. But I'm talking about right now. What do I need in my life? What's the reward? The reward is I get a true deep conversion when I spend time with God in the secret place because he deals with me there. And he says, you need to change this. You need to tweak that a little bit. Having I say amen. Second thing I wrote down is, my thought was, a growing devotedness to Jesus Christ. Kind of one and the same as number one, but a oneness, a continuing transformation, a maturing when I spend time with God every day, I'm going to mature. I'm going to grow up. I'll tell you again, I see this in other people's lives, and then I turn that same light around and put it on my life, and I think, wow, you've come a long ways. But then I think sometimes, but you should be a lot further than you are. <laughs> a maturing process, a, a growing devotedness to Jesus Christ, putting away childish things, a maturing, putting away those childish things. Remember when you were a child. Remember when you were a child. All the jealousies. Yeah, there's four of us boys and one girl in the family. Mom and dad babied her. 
we none of us liked it, but all those jealousies, you know, and all that macho stuff as you're when you're a teenager, all those all those schoolyard fights, churchyard fights, all that stuff, you know. You know, girls don't fight so much physically. Well, they didn't used to when I was young. They do more now. But they just mouthed each other. I've seen them in the hallways at school. I've seen them at the back of the church. It's my boyfriend. You leave him alone. Won't you sit by him anymore? All that childish stuff. Aren't you glad you're growing in Christ? Remember when you when you were saved? You know, not when you're first when you're first saved. It's woo, this is so wonderful. But then after a while, you know, and of course, some of the older saints teach us how to do this. Then we start to gossip. We preached against smoking. We preached against drinking. We perfected gossiping. A growing devotedness to Jesus Christ. It's all about him. Tell your neighbor, it's all about Jesus. Third thing I wrote down. A reward that we get is powerful equipping by the Holy Spirit. As you grow, you begin to be equipped by the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you again, this goes back to if, if you want to be equipped, you need to spend time with God in the secret place. Ephesians 4.12 talks about the equipping of the saints for ministry. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about our, our, the equipment or gifts for serving or the equipment for serving, to be equipped to serve. Ephesians 6 talks about equipment for war. So we need to be equipped for ministry, for serving. A lot of times we talk about ministry, you know, well, I'm, I want to be a preacher, I want to be a singer. Well, ministry is about serving, wherever that is. Amen? We're equipped for that. Then we're equipped for war. Of course we need to be equipped for war. But again, I believe that too many, too many want to or they try to minister without the Holy Spirit training. Training. How am I trained by the Holy Spirit? One of the main things is just learning to hear His voice. Militarily speaking, you know, you have basic training, eight weeks. I guess they still do. We call it AIT for eight weeks. And then you have these special fields that you can go into. And then there's continuing training. Training. But the, but the greatest training you can get, of course, we have a Sunday school class. By the way, I just encourage you to come to Ed LaRotonda's Sunday school class for adults on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. We have other, other ways you can learn. Listen, read your word, Read your Bible on and on training. But listen, the greatest training you will get is in the secret place. In the secret place, you hear from God Almighty. It's just you and Him. You and Him, it's a personal thing. He'll speak directly into your life. 
into your life. But the greatest thing you can learn is just to listen, just to hear his voice. In the military, in the military, they so, uh, they, they so convince you we're going to be in battle one day and you need to learn to listen to the captain's voice, the leader's voice. It can save your life and many other people's lives. If you don't, it could cost lives. And we all have to work together. We all have to, and we all have to listen. And if you don't, and if you rebel against the leader's voice, you can be in serious trouble. Treason, even, if you really rebel. And so we need to learn to listen to the voice of God. In that secret place, you learn to hone your listening skills. Hear from God. I don't know about you, but if there ever was a time I want to hear from God, <laughs> it's right now. I really appreciate what Pastor Terry said this morning. I have a cousin uh, lives in Idaho, and she just posted on Facebook this morning. And she said, she just wanted to ask God to forgive her because she's been looking for answers by going to the news. She'd been looking for answers going here and there and asking people questions and listening to the news networks. And she said, God, forgive me. I know where my answers are. I know where to go. I just didn't do it. And she said, she, I think she admitted something like this, and it began, I began to be more fearful. But then when I turned to God, I mean, say amen to that. Kind of what Pastor Terry was saying this morning. We need to learn to listen to God. I'll just make this statement to you. I don't want your mind wandering off too much. But you cannot believe hardly anything you see on the news now. And they'll even set things up and show you pictures that he said this and she done that to convince you of the lie they're trying to promote. Don't believe it. Keep your eye on the sky. Keep your eye on the throne, the throne rooms. Live in the throne room. Having say amen. Learn to listen to the voice of God. Number four, and if there ever was a time we need this, it's this. The reward of that secret place is a peace and a joy that passes all understanding. A blessed and victorious life. Peace, we talk about the blessed life. Joel wrote a song. Joel Osteen wrote a, a book, The Blessed Life. Others write books like that. How to be victorious, on and on and on. I can tell you. The key to being victorious, to have peace and joy, is stay in that secret place with God every morning. I mean, say amen. I'm talking about real rewards now again. I'm not talking about the flaky stuff. I'm not talking about the materialistic stuff. I'm talking about a real reward. It is a rewarding thing to live in peace and joy. Amen? Can you put a price on it? No. Can you buy it? No. It only comes from God the Father as you commune with him on a daily basis. 
What's going to keep you calm in the storm? When you've been spending time in the secret place with God. When everything else is falling apart, everybody else is, you know, what are we going to do? You can stand strong and say, well, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit in prayer time. But a strong word that the Lord gave me yesterday. Amen. Peace and joy. John 14, 27, Jesus said, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled or be afraid. I want to give you peace. You can get it in that secret place. That's a reward. Number five, last one. Everybody sigh now. I don't even remember how I gave this to them, that, to Jeff. He puts this stuff on the screen. Or, I believe it just says his presence. His presence. His presence. In his presence, we're talking about a walk with God. We're talking about answers from God. We're talking about direction from God in his presence. His presence. I want his presence in my life. How about you? His presence in my life. I've been around people in my life. I can tell you of a few people in my lifetime that I have met. And before I got to know them, when I just met them, got close to them, I sensed the presence of God. You know why? Because they spend time in the secret place. The presence of God is with them. They walk with God. Enoch walked with God. If Enoch done it, I can do it. You can do it. God wants us to walk with him. He wants his presence to dwell with you. Now listen. Listen. If his presence is with you, there'll be no fear. You know, again, I see a few Christians and they're always in turmoil. That is not God's will for your life. You start spending time with God every morning in his word, talking to him and letting him talk to you. The reward of that is all of that will go away. His presence will go with you. There'll be a presence about you. Listen, there'll be a presence about you that will defy evil spirits. Evil spirits won't come near you if you have that presence in your life. I know of people I've read of stories of people, men and women of God, walking with God, going out into a public place, and somebody that was possessed, demonic, started screaming out as they passed by them. You know why? It's the presence of God. The devil knows if you have the presence of God in your life. Amen? That presence of God says, no, you can't come here. Let me tell you what I want in my life. I want that presence of God. But I even pray it for our home. I pray it for this church property. I say, there's, those are the boundaries. I don't know about modern storage. I don't know about, what, what, what's the convenience store over here? 
Casey's. I don't know about them. I don't know about Planet Fitness. Well, I do know a little bit about them, but I won't talk about it. I don't know about them, but this is our boundaries right here. You are not welcome. You are not welcome here. People are welcome. Even the demon-possessed are welcome, but the devil's not. I mean, say amen. Yeah. There, we need to put signs up. You're not, you're not welcome here. I'm not talking about physically. But you can put some signs up in the spirit realm. I mean, say amen. If you walk in his presence, the signs will go up. How many want his presence in your life? Pastor Jeff Odom said this in a meeting that we were in yesterday, a Zoom meeting. We need his power. We need his passion. We need his presence. He said it like this, to do the works of God, to do what God wants us to do, we need his power, his passion, and his presence. I think he reversed them somewhat. His power, his passion, and his presence. <laughs> well, wasn't that a great episode? If this episode has meant anything to you, if this podcast is ministering to you and speaking to you, helping you live a life more after the things of God, then we'd appreciate your financial contribution to help us continue to do this. You can go on over to our website at WLFAR.com and click on the Give tab and contribute to what God is doing here in Northwest Arkansas. I can assure you, you will be blessed.